This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It was never our intention to replace Jack with one footballer. Our strategy was to analyze and break down Jack's key attributes, his creativity, his assists, his goals, and to find these qualities and others in three forward players. In signing Emiliano Buendia, Leon Bailey, and Danny Ings, we believe we have achieved this key objective and in doing so, have also reduced an over-dependency on one brilliant footballer. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. It's a new dawn, folks. It's the new season, 2021-22. stroke Joining me to discuss... The main theme of next season, which will be uh, improvement, Mr. Chris Budd and Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome back, gents. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Well, oh, he sneaked in there in the back Ooh. there. He th- didn't think Around we noticed door. him. Didn't think he noticed him creeping in there. He's in the building. Yes. How? Uh, I'm all right. Thank you very much. How, how are you, Mr. Phil, sneaking in there? All right. Apart from still in isolation, have another couple of days to go. Still isolation. What is this? Some kind of competition between the two of you who can be isolated the most. Winning now. I thought I was um, killing it, yeah. but Phil's, <laughs> Phil's going for the gold here. <laughs> we, we're going to have to uh, have some kind of date, uh, and then the, win- the person who's been uh, isolated in the most days wins uh, a season ticket to Manchester City. <laughs> <laughs> to isolate some more. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what have you been doing in this isolation, Phil? Enlighten us. Well, there there hasn't been much today, but I have been teaching the boy how important it is to boo opposition players. It's something you need to learn as a football fan. <laughs> like who? We haven't played anybody, have we? No, but just when you, you see them on TV, just certain popular players that used to play for us. I think after a, a day or two, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you got to react. Uh, is, and people weren't happy. Is it a bit petty that you never mention his name again, or uh, is it a bit childish? I, I don't know. 
Uh, it's probably childish, but it's also quite funny to begin with. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see how we go uh, in this podcast. Uh, what have you been up to, Bud? Anything? Uh, well, I saw you at the hundred crickets that we you went did. to. That was fireworks, wasn't it? It was great fun, literally fireworks as well. well fl- flamethrowers, uh, oh. more more to the point. Uh, but yeah, we we went there. You know, well, we went with open minds, but because uh, there's a lot of skepticism uh, amongst the cricket elites regarding the hundred, yes, the traditionalists as we call them. But uh, no, a lot of fun. I mean, it's more aimed at kids. Well, the the presentation is, but yeah, that uh, no, was good. I think it's barnstorming action. Good, and good really evening. Good game as well, wasn't it? Really like entertaining game of cricket, and then went to the uh, went to the open training over the weekend, which was uh, interesting to see them. Did they get the uh, the T-shirt cannons out and fire them into the crowd? I was hoping for a bit of T-shirt cannon. It was more just give Ashley Young the ball and let him smash it into the crowd. It was quite fun trying to see him and Dean Smith trying to get it into the upper Holt end. Ashley Young did. Funnily enough, Dean Smith's not quite the player he used to be. And then Emmy Martinez tried to show off and get one into the upper tier of the Trinity, which is quite the hit for anybody who sat up there. That is a big shot and didn't. I think this should be the way forward rather than that uh, prize where it lies uh, thing. I think they should just like uh, volley bottles of Heineken into the top tiers and and, and uh, gangster pies as well. I'm glad eh? hamstr- yeah, I'm glad Hamstrings Lansbury's no longer there to do that kick into the top tiers. <laughs> <laughs> Right, anyway, coming up in the show, uh, we'll be looking ahead to the new season, but in uh, rather than just kind of previewing it in the normal way, just look at ways that, uh, after looking at the initial concerns of the season ahead, looking at ways that Villa improve as a team. Also, we'll go through the Villa news, medium up activity of the week, before uh, going into a cross-section of uh, football news in the three points before uh, getting on to uh, the main uh, part and uh, looking at the uh, 2021-22 season. Right, uh, first of all, let's kick it off with the Villa News. went gangbusters last week obviously Grealish out 100 million in the bin looks like that's already been spent after Christian Perslow's speech uh, very much signposted that but in this week uh, it looks like they uh, I mean obviously with the deal with uh, Manchester City was just make sure we you know give us time to announce uh, new signings thus to soften the blow of obviously uh, a player that a lot of fans are emotionally linked to so uh, in came Leon Bailey you could tell that was uh, hastily arranged because it was on some random family YouTube channel. Yeah, that was a bit weird, wasn't it? And uh, Danny Ings came in. That was out of the blue, under the radar of any uh, newspaper, ITK, old school signing, just yeah, popped up. I nearly dropped my phone under my dinner. Into your pasta, I seem to yeah, remember Yeah, it was under my pasta. So. I mean, just reaching across, I'm like, oh. <laughs> but, uh, the, I mean, the funny thing is, uh, when you boil all this down, deconstruct it, it's all you need to know. Player has signed. You don't need to go through all these weeks of, oh, is it, are we going to sign him? What's going to happen? Well, just give me the facts. And, uh, you know, that's all you need His to know. medical will be on Thursday afternoon at 3.30 in the afternoon. I don't care. Hold up the shirt. Bang! In we go. It's all. Everything else is just mental chewing gum. It's all fugazi. It's all nonsense. Also in, and this I think is a, a smart signing. Uh, XL to Nzabi returns for the third time. Manchester United have extended his uh, contract, and one of those seasons he comes back to uh, join his favourite club. Uh, I mean, the funny thing is he's been with United since the age of eight years old, and he's played more league games for us than them. But. Uh, <laughs> 
We will uh, talk about him uh, in the context of uh, next season. Uh, Louis Berry, uh, interesting loan, going to uh, the Tractor Boys Ipswich Town. Gets to wear the Ed Sheeran sponsored shirt. So uh, that'd be good to see him playing uh, regularly. And because that's my big concerns about him is is literally this, the whole stature thing and how that translates, uh, you know, week in, week out. Can, you know, can he cut it in the uh, the men's game, so to speak? Speaking of uh, Grealish, the, uh, the club, if you are not aware and you have already bought a Grealish shirt so there is like a uh, shirt armistice where you can hand it in and exchange it for another shirt meanwhile on the pitch uh, crazy situation I mean you know they've just gone Villa have just gone through this whole Grealish saga and uh, the whole games they have to play behind the scenes there and then suddenly uh, you have your friendly cancelled against Sevilla because of the Covid uh, they had a Covid situation and literally zero notice to arrange a another fixture so they did uh, the open training which I thought they would do and managed to find uh, Selenitana to come in from Italy to play on Sunday obviously uh, the police you know you need notice period to turn that one round in terms of closing roads etc so it was very unlikely there would be uh, ever going to be a crowd in at such late notice but uh, Villa went on to win that 3-1 oh decent game I thought uh, yeah it was entertaining actually Good opposition as well. I thought it was the, the sort of almost lower Premier League standard opposition, so it was pretty good. Yeah, and got feisty, didn't it later on as well? Yeah, no, which uh, which is good. I mean, uh, the the big chap having a having a little altercation with House. He's just he's probably glad it's not Wesley because he would have been uh, butted. If, That'd have been uh, a good fight. That yeah, it would actually. <laughs> I don't know who my money would be on there, but uh, would have been interesting. Right, it's time for a little bit of this. Right, Mr. Philshaw, what is in the medium up its trough? Well, this week there's been a bit of discourse around Ollie Watkins. Now, this all started with uh, the Express's Alex Turk saying, he started it off with Danny Ings. He goes, despite Danny Ings being a bit of a disappointment at Liverpool, he could help them land um, a deal for Ollie Watkins. Now, that w- that wasn't the most ridiculous part of it. The most ridiculous part was the headline they went with. This paves the way for a £29 million move. This despite this being less than what Villa paid for him last season. And after the season he had last year, he's probably doubled in value. Sounds like good business, this. So we got a player, and while he was with us, he scored a decent amount of goals, broke into the England squad to the extent that he was almost in the Euros. And now we're taking a loss on him. It's a solid move. I mean, it's, you know. it's a solid move. I mean, doesn't he fact check? How can he just write such nonsense? I mean, the only connection with Liverpool and the Danny Ings uh, scenario of the signing was they actually pocketed around £2 million because they had a sell on clause uh, when they sold him to Southampton in the first place. So uh, a good deal for them as well as uh, us ultimately. Yeah, and then of course it, it had to continue. You had Jermaine Beckford and Talksport saying that uh, Watkins should be worried that Danny Ings is going to come in and take his position. And it says, if I was a striker, I'd be thinking that um, I haven't done my job last season. I'm going to be a bench warmer. Well, just because it happened to you, Jermaine, doesn't mean that um, it's going to happen to the Ollie Watkins. I think we might be able to squeeze two 30 million plus strikers into the team. Another team starts to show ambition and uh, pundits start to short circuit or ex-players that can't wrap their brain around the fact that uh, Aston Villa actually have intentions to try to uh, do something uh, rather than just make up the numbers and get patted on the head when we sell one of our you know big players to uh, one of the teams that they can understand and, and they worship. But 
I think it's good for Watkins that Ings coming in because it keeps him on his toes. He's starting the season thinking, oh, you know, Grealish is gone. You know what? Oh, shit, what's going on here? <laughs> it's suddenly, uh, <laughs> it's not the main, ma- well, I mean, we've been playing seasons after seasons with just one striker in the squad. I mean, one proper striker. So uh, I think it's looking good. And Right, let's move on to uh, the three points. Let's make the snappy uh, headlining stat. I mean, there's... We've lost our top man, but uh, I think it fails in comparison to uh, somebody who's really achieved everything at the top of the game and is Mr. Barcelona. Uh, The bizarre thing is they actually came up to an agreement uh, that he would continue uh, and struck a deal, uh, that he would continue to play at Barca and uh, see out his career there. I mean, after 21 years, 17 seasons in the first league, he's got 35 trophies to an to his name no surprise there was a tearful uh, farewell at the press conference and uh, the stickler is uh, is it what is it is it like Spanish fair play or is it a La Liga rules yeah it's new regulations being brought in by La Liga because um... so Barcelona's uh, wage to turnover percentage player wages was has to be this is the limit so it has to be 70%. I mean, if you go back to the Martin O'Neill days, we were over that. We were at you know, 80%. So it's currently, without Messi in the team, it's actually at 95%. So 95% of all their outgoings, uh, I mean, you can't run a business like that. That's just lunacy, isn't it? In any other business in the world, you'd have gone under ages ago. So if they had signed him, they'd have gone up to 115%. <laughs> Which means you, you you're on a you know you're on a fast track to closure I think if that's your business model but uh, I mean uh, you Phil reckoned there was a potential answer to pay for this but I'm not convinced because they they you know they have to get rid of players don't they yeah well La Liga is the first European league that have had to actually sell a stake in itself as an entity to a private equity firm um, CVC Partners bought ten percent of it over the next fifty years so this was going to get a cash injection into all the teams in La Liga and some for the women's La Liga teams as well. But um, Barca and Madrid aren't accepting this at the moment. They're still clinging on to the hope of the the Super League. Yeah, because they they don't want to give up control. I mean, they've already got like a a special TV deal where they uh, get preferential treatment. So uh, the Spanish league's in a bit of flux here. Football's in the mess, but I think that 70% rule should definitely come in in the Premier League, surely. Point number two, this is kicking off behind the scenes. Uh, I'm privy to uh, being on the Premier uh, Premier League network, uh, Football Supporters Association network. The current topic, which is... uh, Causing a bit of kerfuffle is the uh, supporter tokens, the socios, basically crypto, cryptocurrency. Essentially, it's fans getting tokens and being able to buy tokens. It's what the FSA and a lot of fan reps are worrying about is monetizing fan engagements and... uh, I mean, uh, this season, it's, it's growing and growing and growing. I mean, in Italy, I think Roma, Juventus, Inter Milan are now sponsored by socios on their shirts. Um, the major clubs around the world, like Galatasaray. But Arsenal have just signed up to it. I think Manchester City, uh, yeah, if I'm not Everton, r- Everton not just signed up Everton. as well. And uh, Leeds now uh, are unhappy about uh, them trialing uh, the cryptocurrency. But, you know, I, you know, I know a little bit about uh, crypto and NFTs, etc., I think what they're concerned about is monetizing fan engagement, which I don't think this is. I mean, this is like lower tier things. Like, you know, if you have uh, fan tokens, you can you have access to a poll on, you know, 
pies or, you know, what flavor pies or whatever. I think that level is kind of fine, really. Or, you know, voting best player awards or whatever. But when it's coming to like real fan engagement that you do, you know, fan consultation groups that the government say that clubs should be meeting with their uh, fans at least, you know, twice a year or whatever the uh, the record, uh, the sorry, the, the time period is, then uh, this shouldn't have anything to do with that. But I can see how uh, these socios or fan tokens, you know, they integrate into NFTs and which are increasingly bigger in America. So you'll be able to get collectibles, you know, player, essentially like player training, trading cards or player highlights if it's like video NFTs. And you can see how that evolves. And I think that's something that most football clubs will eventually embrace because it's just moving with the times and uh, you know, there's another level of without going too deep into it. It's like the next level of the internet. So I think this is one of education. So I mean, I've just let it roll at the moment in terms of people trying to get the FSA to uh, oppose it. But I think it's more uh, an explanation of what potentially it will do, uh, as opposed to what actually it's not going to be doing. Which I think is uh, you're not going to be having Christian Perslow only talking to people who actually own fan tokens at Villa. I don't think that's uh, how that rolls out. No, it's, it's just another layer. It's interesting, though. It's an interesting world. Yeah, no, 100%. And uh, they should be looking at how do we get it to work for us rather than, oh, let's oppose it, let's oppose it. Because there are, there are quite a lot of uh, possibilities. And it's what a huge you can opportunity do. as well. Yeah. Anyway, we, we will no doubt talk about this more in, in the future. Meanwhile, uh, point number three, Manchester United are to be renamed on Football Manager following a, a trademark settlement. Most people don't realise that uh, all these clubs have the name trademarked and uh, people knocking out merch and stuff. Aston Villa this, Aston Villa that. The club can just shoot, shoot you down at any any opportunity. You, you shouldn't really be doing it. You shouldn't be putting players' images on either because uh, they're pretty much all copyrighted. But uh, Sega and Sports in- Interactive have come to a resolution. I mean, it, it was a case of they weren't going to pay to use the badge, but they were using a, a mock-up badge, but the name still, and Manchester United say either you pay for it all or get lost. Is that the upshot? Essentially, yeah. They were, Manu's argument was that they were being misrepresented. You know, it's like if you're going to represent our brand name, you have to have the brand logo as well. But I'm guessing they didn't want to p- pay for what is probably one of the most expensive yeah. brand logos you're going to have in sport. You know, Sega obviously came back and said, well, you've been represented this way since 1992 when we, you know, since the inception of the game. So why all of a sudden is this a problem? We've obviously come to an agreement where they won't use the badge. So what are they called now when they play West Midlands Village? It will be, they have the choice, it'll either be Manchester UFC, which is a bit bizarre, or Man UFC. I'm sure uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure Conor McGregor et al. will have something to say about that as well. Um, this is, I mean, it sums football up 100%. Yeah, it's, it's it? just a load of shit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it just makes you put your head in your hands and go, oh, for fuck's sake. Right, anyway, let's move on to uh, the main bit. How do Villa improve on the 2021 season? Uh now, instead of having uh, Mr. Jack Grealish not playing for a third of the season, he's now not playing for the whole of the season. <laughs> Could be a blessing in disguise. Uh, we, we shall find out. First of all, uh, let's, what's, what's your concerns for next season? I mean, my one right off the bat is all this kind of last, it's almost like a last minute shakeup, isn't it? Grealish out. Yeah. And I'm just thinking we need two more weeks of pre-season minimum, yeah, at least another week in a game. For Louise sure. is 
over the other side of the world win- winning gold medals, which we forgot to mention in the uh, the news there. Douglas Louise is our Congratulations Olymp- to him, by the way. Is our Olympian, our golden Olympian. Yeah. So he hasn't come back. He must be having some kind of break, but you can't have too much of a break because he's got to be pretty much match fit when he comes back. So I don't know what the story is there. We'll find out in Dean Smith's first press conference before the Watford game. You've obviously got Bailey, but I don't know what the hell's happening there. Uh, Buendia, not super fit yet. Uh, yeah, he's, had a, he's been carrying a knock, hasn't he, for about is it a couple of weeks now? He, yeah, he can- Sanson's still uh, kind of light training, doesn't seem to be f- featuring in any of the friendlies. Traore's only just come back. And that's, that's you know, Mings, uh, Martinez, etc. It's their first first minutes back. So, yeah, I mean, I think you said in Match Club, uh, Chris, that, you know, other teams are having the similar problems. So, yeah. I suppose you could argue it, it irons itself out. But then again, not everybody's lost their captain and then hastily, you know, replaced him. And, you know, you're in a position where Smith is kind of re- reinventing the way we're going to play. I mean, you know, in that friendly uh, on Sunday, you know, we're suddenly seeing 4 4 2. We're going, whoa, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, yeah that was a bit of a, yeah. that, that, I think that, that threw everyone, didn't it? Unless it was just a, let's just trial it and see how we get on. And then they changed it, didn't they, after the, when Watkins sort of walked off with a little niggle? Yeah. But it, you know, it could be like, right, let's just give both of them, you know, minutes in the bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, it's like, well, why not? Let's, you know, give it a little try just so it's... Shits a- and giggles and all that? No, no, it's just so it's actually an option up our sleeve for... Uh- mm-hmm. If we need it, because come on, if you've got two thirty million strikers, you you want to play them. So uh, yeah, yeah. But in, in terms of lack of preseason, I've said it for a, a couple of weeks now. I, I do think we're undercooked. Although I think a lot of other teams are, but frankly, I don't give a shit about the other teams in terms of us. I, I don't think I I, I think it will take us a few games, or it could take us a while to just you know mould the new lads in, which would take time anyway. But get you know yeah. the, the regulars up to the levels you know when you've got your goalkeeper and your back four who were so good for most of last season you kind of want to hope that they are ready to rock and roll from the word go because I think even with uh, if Grealish was still there he's still uh, he would have only just come back yeah. this week anyway so mm-hmm. there's that another concern uh, of mine would be you've certainly lost a little bit of gravitas in terms of Terry and Grealish uh, I don't know how that will manifest itself we seem to have managed to get signings in no problem uh, maybe it might uh, drop us down an echelon in the media in the in the immediate term yeah. but uh, I don't mind that I mean we'll, we'll talk I about like that I like being under the, the radar yeah Phil any any concerns no, it's just when you replace Grealish and the three players that are being brought in specifically to replace Grealish, they don't seem to be you know like shrinking violets or anything like that. There, the, there's three big personalities. I mean, Danny Ings is coming in with a reputation. Bailey's got a, a reputation in, in world football, and Buendia as well looks like he all about himself. So, it's how do you fit those three personalities into not only the, the team but into the dressing room as well? Ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mm-hmm. Right, so let's get into uh, how, how, we, how we improve. Uh, what has been the fundamental thing of the last couple of years from Project Restart onwards has been uh, the backbone that our defense has created now, and that includes Martinez and... When you look at 15 clean sheets last season, which I mean, I mean, clean sheets aren't the the be all and end all of defending because you know if you're giving away loads of shots, which I think we we did, uh, you're obviously walking a, a tightrope there. But you know we've got two centre backs who love to block and uh, a very good goalkeeper, so you could say we're we're chancing our luck. But I don't know. I'm seeing a more comfortable Villa now. I mean, remember how. Uh, edgy we used to get with five minutes to go if we're in the league we were almost expected to concede but now you feel like you can you know we can close games out because the defense uh, is that good but Martinez let's start with him last season he was a goalkeeper who once wanted to prove himself as a number one he was like a backup international keeper he now starts this season as Argentina's number one not only that Copper America winner somebody that Messi is thankful for giving him that uh, trophy yeah, we've, we've created a monster, haven't we? Yeah, it's, I mean, you saw him in that penalty shootout against Colombia. This is a man who will give us edge. If we get into those situations, if we go to penalties against anybody in a cup, for in a semi, in a final, whatever, here's somebody, he, he's major. I mean, this is, a. I think he's probably one of our, probably our biggest player in terms of uh, leading by example on the pitch. So that's a massive plus. And I think the confidence that he's got, the kind of uh, where that positions him in the pecking order in terms of the squad and the team, it's just it's just oh Mings uh, oh uh, runner up uh, yeah never mind mate I'm a winner. He <laughs> would have been able to say that to Grealish as well. So that's massive. I think that's a massive uh, plus. I, I think it's just good to have someone with that. You know, when you lose Jack, who's become a sort of a, a, a player with a global reputation, it's good that Martinez has also emerged globally and everyone looks at him going wow yeah Villa have got a really good keeper he's not like you know, a bona fide star yeah. player which is great you know, we haven't had a you know one of our best players being in goal probably since Bosnich I would say yeah I mean traditionally uh you know when I was uh, younger Villa always had it from Spink well from Rimmer Spinks onwards that was one position that was always reasonably decent then uh it's been a bit of a mixed bag uh let's say recently until Martinez yeah. came into town. I mean, even Heaton came along, got injured straight away. I mean, you go to uh, the, the back four. I mean, the good the good thing about uh, last season was the emerge. A, we signed a proper right back and the left back completely transformed into a defensive beast, which was probably his weakest suit. Uh, we always thought, yeah, Target, he's, you know, he's all right going forward. It will develop more as a wing back probably. Uh, we're just a bit 
concerned about him defensively, but defensively, I thought he was excellent last season. Our most improved player, I think we called him. So the good thing, I think we've upgraded in terms of cover for those guys. I think so. I mean, it's great. You know, I, I, long may their you know improvement continue. I think uh, having Courtney Hawes and keeping him fit in and around the squad is a good backup for them. I think having Twan Zabi gives us more flexibility because he's. I think he's a, probably a better ball player than um, Hawes. You know, I think he's good in the air. We saw in the you know in the promotion run, etc. I think you know he's a. He's got a lot of sort of the, you know, the physical attributes you'd want as well, and, and I think he gives you that little bit of uh, versatility in terms of if you need to play a back three, or he can play at right back, or if he needs to play. Yeah, midfield. yeah, we're talking about the full back, so um, and I and of course Ashley Young as well, and Gilbert. Young would be probably my first uh, backup on the left, and then at the moment you'd probably say Gilbert, but you've got. I mean, they was, we were playing with Konza a bit. So that's an option, but also uh, Tu and Zabi gives you that option. Yeah, and Young can play right back. I'm sure. Yeah, and then uh, obviously we've got, uh, I would say, one of the better centre-back pairings at the moment in Mings and Konza. And if Konza continues his progression, I think you'll see him uh, knocking on the door in the England squad. Yes, 100%. Yeah, we're seeing now Mings, a man who seemed to, uh, going into that, uh, Yore suffered. I mean, reading between the lines of what he's been saying in the press, I think it was a little bit of uh, imposter syndrome, I think, uh, which essentially is when you get in a position, it could be anything, could be a musician, could be a you know journalist, uh, and you feel like you don't deserve to be there. Like, uh, you know, what am I doing? I just came from a small town and now I'm like, uh, you know, at the top of, of your game. Yeah. So, the, so I think a little bit of that, but the fact that he's played in a major championship, I mean, two starts straight away, did very well. I think that he is now, uh, he will have a, a lot more self-confidence now going into uh, this season. And, you know, let's not forget, he's, he hasn't, despite his age, and he's not that old, but he hasn't played, he has missed a couple of seasons, probably collectively through uh, injuries. But that, just that, you know, everybody we've mentioned there, now we've got two NZB back. I and mean, you need a quartet of centre-backs, I think, if you're going in the season, just to cover all eventualities. And I think with two NZB, we have that flexibility to play a, a, a three centre-back, a Southgate uh, three at the back. You can if, put, we, if we need to. And I only mentioned it because it allows you to play with Ings and Watkins up front and potentially Buendia behind them because it gives you uh, Target and Cash, who are both good going forward as your wing backs then you can play your McGinn and Nakamba and then uh, ahead of them in a triangle uh, Buendia play with uh, Watkins and Ings up front and then obviously you know that your width is coming from your wing backs so uh, definitely an option there because all our defenders now are, are reasonably decent on the ball yeah and that's important, I think, from the way Villa want to play. Um, so one of the, the things I, um, I noticed in the open training was that the goalkeepers were, when they were doing their catching drills, they were very, very fast to get the ball out. That was obviously something that they've been working on. They want to get on the front foot quickly, whether it's because they want to counter-attack, I don't know. I'm sure we'll see over the next few weeks how Villa, you know, how they actually implement their plan. But it was a very obvious thing that Martinez and Steer were grabbing the ball and it was going. They were hitting the corners, you know, obviously going out towards the wide lads putting it in behind what would be the opposition's fullbacks. Yeah. In terms of other improvements, I think, I mean, let's let's talk about the obvious one. And But we're in the way that uh, Persley's framed it, by replacing Grealish in the aggregate. And, I mean, there, there seemed to be a bit of, uh, it was almost like the way that this was being spoken about on social media was like, uh, we've replaced him with three players. And uh, the way that we were talking about it, it's like, well, who else we're going to get in? Who? And it's like, we, yeah, we're not playing with thirteen players on the pitch now. What, what that means? <laughs> what that means is we've up, 
one of them is going to replace him on the team sheet, but we've upgraded two other positions to compensate for you know what he brings to the party. Now, I think uh, I, I prefer replacing him with three players. A, because uh, if you compare how important Ings was to Southampton to how Grealish was to Villa, I think uh, you could arguably say Ings, Ings was more valuable overall. In terms of like tangible, the tangible stats, yeah. Yeah, which is goals. And so if mm-hmm. you got him in, that's like, wow. And you, you saw a change in mood when Ings transfer announced. That took the big sting out of, that took most of the sting out. I mean, you know, yeah. it's not going to take it all, but... Uh, it, was like, it was like the cloud lifted. It was a big statement, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, there's only, what, Salah, Kane, who else has scored more goals than him in uh, two seasons? Or is, is that it? The last two seasons, I think that might be it. But I'd imagine mm-hmm. Mane's probably up there. But I, I mean, I, I said uh, in our but he's our playing for Southampton. He's not yeah. playing for yeah. you know these big teams that and are he doesn't up- get the same service. I mean, Ings is absolutely clinical, isn't he, in front of yeah. goal? Yeah. And, and, I, and I think I mean, I said it before. I th- I think we've purchased the second best finisher. I think there might be better all round strikers, but I think Kane is probably the best finisher. But I think Ings is number two because he doesn't get the, the you know the service that a Salah or a Mane or you can insert plenty of other strikers, but you give him chances and he scores. And I like the fact he's kind of an all-round uh, goal scorer. He, he can score yeah. from outside the box, you know, inside the box. He uh, He's just got a shot. He knows what he's doing. And I think because of, um, you know, he's a little bit older and wiser and he knows the country. You know, Smith talked about it last season. They've, they've brought in someone who they can slot in and I think he'll settle quite quickly. You just saw the, the sort of the, the stature of the signing because only that week there was reports that uh, oh Man City, Spurs, everybody else, these are the teams that should Chelsea, be signing. Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea should be sending Danny Ings because you know it, it's a guaranteed thing, it's a sure thing, and then all of a sudden Villa just take them. So that has, I think that is it's maybe one of the dominoes that have sort of started the transfer market off because Villa have taken a lot of teams sort of like fallback option and Danny Ings. We're all chasing these big targets, thinking. It's okay, we'll pick up Ings if we don't get anything better. But Villa have just went in there and said, no, he's for us. So that's maybe that's another reason why he came to us so, so willingly. Yeah, well, there was an article in The Guardian uh, that was essentially trying to sell Ings to Chelsea or Manchester City. And then three hours later, he was a, a Villa player. That improves our attack. I mean, I was... Um, Bailey, I think you're going to get something dynamic there. I think the question mark, the underlining question mark is consistency. Is he going to be another one of these purple patch wingers where we see great things, you know, during certain games, but then, you know, you can go a few games where uh, he's kind of off colour. As we've been saying uh, about Trezeguet's El Ghazi draw rate, hopefully he's uh, something a bit more of a constant threat, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think I think the big one for me with him will be how how fast can he settle? You know, he's been in Germany, so in terms of like the the culture won't be that much of a shock, but it's still you know, a very you know very different league tactically, possibly quite different. Although I think didn't I'm sure Phil said before in our last show that Leverkusen actually playing quite a similar way to Villa. So I'm hoping that he'll get our, our style of play. But you know, where's he starting? Is he is he the one who's actually starting in Grealish's position out there on the on the side, or does he he plays right though, doesn't he? He kind of plays on the right and mm-hmm. cuts inside, so it's almost yeah. like he's, he's direct competition for Traore. It's, it's going to be a really interesting sort of month to six weeks to see where the hell they actually play these guys. 
Yeah, because I've you know people are saying Buendia starting on the right, but that's where Bailey's going to be. But yeah, I saw put him straight. I saw Buendia in the middle, and there they've got a, a situation because I was thinking Buendia was going to play up behind, you know, in you know, like a ten off the front striker. But then suddenly Ings came into town, and you're thinking, well, you're not going to leave Ings on the bench at any any point of uh, the discussion because uh, you know he's, he's deadly. Especially you know the, all these guys they brought in. Ings is the most proven at Premier League level. Wendy, I mean, there's nothing to suggest he can't do it. You know, bearing in mind last year we brought a couple of the really good players from the Championship in Watkins and Cash, and they stepped up comfortably. But it's a different kind of role, and he's going to have to he's going to have to take on a lot more of the workload, I think, with the ball than maybe someone like an Ings or a Bailey. But a couple of seasons before, I mean, he was impressive. Uh, yeah, Wendy in, in, in the a, Premier in a League team. <laughs> in, a, in a terrible yeah. team. So uh, if he can if he can improve on what he did with Norwich, which uh, I think he, he him and he created that partnership of him and Puki created more chances than anybody across the season, I think. Yeah, if you can get Buendia behind Ings and Watkins, these two players to pick from, and you would bet either of them that are, you know, they're going to finish and chance to get. Yeah, yeah, you give those two service, and they are going to score goals, aren't they? We've seen that. Yeah, so there is that is the uh, the big conundrum is where are these players playing across the midfield and the wide midfield uh, positions uh, to be precise? I mean, you saw uh, when we were playing that four four two week that McGinn was playing deep and Nakamba was playing deep so that was almost like uh you know those were the two center midfielders in a uh 4-4-2 setup yeah and they both look quite comfortable there as well yeah which begs me to uh suggest that I mean you know put this out on Twitter that you know just to dampen expectations I don't think that we're going to be spending big uh I don't think there's no. that much to come no because I mean if you are going to sign players, I mean the what the links have been Ward Prowse and players like that. But does that mean you're just going to give up on Douglas Louise? I mean, this time last year, people were terrified that City were going to execute their buyback clause on him. Are you just going to give up on Sanson that we haven't even seen yet? And marvelous, who's shown a lot of improvement through the season. Yeah. And we, when we had we, he put in some big performances. I'm a big fan of you know, getting the most out of what you've got. And I think Smith has come from Brentford, where he's had to do that. I don't think that this sort of the default setting for modern fans is you know if someone has a bad game, oh we need to go and buy someone new all the time well it doesn't work like that you've got to get the best out of your team and that leads me into another th- uh, thing that will improve a lot of these guys that we brought who were you know 20 22 23 24 again having other years of, of experience and this is experience that's actually making them better players it's not just uh you know when you go from 27 to 28 or 28 to 29 mm-hmm. we are talking about we bought them because they are like very talented players at that age and they have a lot of upside on the pitch and uh, hopefully financially as well so I think Louise is going to get better you know he's had a good experience uh, in the Olympics I think Nakamba's going to get better and uh, Sanson you don't go out and buy a player and let's let's not you know let's not forget they've bought him ahead of schedule so they they were going to buy him in uh, this summer and spend a lot more on him as well though they got him they got him when they did because they could get him cheap so they clearly rate him yeah, so I mean, I don't think we've seen. Uh, well, I'm touching wood here. Hopefully, we haven't seen uh, the best of him yet. So I can't see. You know, I can't see us running out and spending loads of money. No, because another thing is, if you start filling the team with all these superstars, where's your Chuck Wameka is going to play? Where's your Philogene Bittis going to play? Their route into the first team is going to be blocked, and and that seems know, to be an important part of the plan. You know, they they do want to get behind youth development, and we've seen what Chuck Mueka can do in in little bursts, and he looks like he's the real deal, and we hope he is. So it makes no sense for Villa how they've set up all that investment in the youth team. I mean, you know, buying, paying very good money for some of the more talented uh, sixteen to eighteen year olds in European football. That is a big part of getting players through. Then suddenly you've uh, 
personally pretty much confirmed that 100 mil is pretty much been spent on those three players Buendia, Bailey, Ings. Now, the reason why I think Grealish would have been done a lot earlier, but uh, you know, they've got to sell season tickets. If you took Grealish, they sold Grealish before the big, you know, the big season ticket sale then you're going to get a lot of people pissed off. Back in the day, you get two or three marquee signings, you get them in early, hold up the shirt, and that inspires people, that inspires season ticket sales. The big thing they had at the moment was we're keeping Jack Grealish, fuck you guys, and he's just had a great, in terms of his profile, uh, England tournament, so that's the main thing that people are skipping to Villa Park. And if you got rid of him early, it's like you're going to get a lot of pissed off punters. So they dragged that out. And Perslow pretty much admitted that uh, that money has been, you know, they earmarked three players in their plan to replace Grealish if the day had come. And those were the three players that he earmarked. So is he going to get another three players for 100 million? I don't think so. No, no. And also, I think I think I think they'd want to allow themselves a little bit of wiggle room to maybe because you don't know what's going to happen through the season to be to be able to be flexible in January if you need to go and get something. Yeah, I mean, where, you know, where did these players play? Because yeah. goalkeeper back four, it's, that doesn't need improving. That's good. That, you know, we're, we're selling yeah. with that. We've got the backups in play with you, Ashley Youngs, you two and Zabies. They've come in to sort that out. So. Defence all round. Could argue if an opportunity pops up with an, an experienced keeper, you'd get him in. But you can kind of see them uh, trusting in Jed Steer to be number two. And then, you know, if anything happens uh, and there's a goalkeeper crisis, then you've got the January window. I think that's probably how they're looking at that one. Mm-hmm. They don't want to waste any more money on uh, goalkeepers after the last few seasons. You go up front, you'd want to be playing Ings. You want to be playing... Uh, Watkins, you, you probably want to be starting Bailey because he'll get pissed off. And, uh, you know, you just got Buendir into their starting. So that leaves two places. Two places for Traore, McGinn, Nakamba, Louise, El Ghazi, Sanson. Sanson. So do you really need to get other players in? Do you think, not, not do you need, because, yeah, we all want to get the best players in the world, but do you think Aston Villa at this stage will, and they've also, they've got a, register 25 players haven't they yeah we're i think we're about after twan coming in we'll look to be at about 24 yeah we're in the zone now of if an opportunity comes along because i think we've got the squads uh in in their eyes i'm not talking about my my opinion or my eyes i'm just giving you my opinion of what i think villa are thinking at the moment and i think you know suddenly you look at our striking options now the, you know there's, there could be some outs and i think the kind of players that you're looking at are uh could be deadline day things like you know Connor Hurahan who Villa wanted to actually keep before he went out to Swansea that was him forcing an issue there he he might back himself to get one of those uh, two places I've just mentioned now Wesley I would like to keep Wesley in because I can't see how we get rid of Wesley now and see any money really coming back for a striker who hasn't played for one and a half seasons he holds he holds no value does he at the moment I'd have him on the bench bring him on and uh, and I think wow suddenly Villa have got three strikers you know, four if you if you if you include Davis, but he was going to go out on loan. So let's say three, and we've been playing seasons with one. Yeah, and you don't know if Wesley and Ings might be a link up. You just don't know how these players play. I mean, Ings might be the key to unlocking Wesley. You just don't know what will happen. Yeah, so I, I would have him just uh, because you've paid twenty million, and uh, obviously it's Ing, Ings and Watkins. But I think Wesley wins back his value by doing stuff for Villa because the only the only route out is like loaning him to some, you know, like back to the Belgium league and uh, giving him some real. Uh, 
low ball option to buy figure and just write it off. One of the more interesting incomings though over the summer, I thought, was the the sort of you know, the, the per- well, not purchase as such the, the the appointment of Austin McPhee. You know, we mowed regularly on the pod last season about our lack of quality at set pieces. All of a sudden, they've gone and bought themselves a, a set piece specialist, which is not something I've heard of as a Villa having before. I'm sure there are you know, other places have had it. You know, he's come from Hearts as an assistant and now works with with Phil's Northern Ireland. I'm really interested to see what over the next sort of few sort of weeks and months. What he brings, and in terms of if he can actually refine Villa's, you know, playing both penalty areas at set pieces, because that's kind of actually where we were conceding a lot of bad goals, yeah, and, and where we weren't scoring enough. Considering we've actually got you know Conza and Mings who are both really good in the air. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because in you know, Smith's interview he spoke about why he brought him in, and he also highlighted throw-ins as a big thing uh, going forward that they're going to mm-hmm. look to capitalise on. And I think you said Chris in Match Club about Craig Shakespeare. Yeah, instructing yeah. the crowd. Yeah, so at the, the opening training, he sort of said when he was sort of, it was almost like briefing the crowd what they were going to be doing. And then he said, when we have an open game, when the ball goes out, I want you to kind of get after the players to get the ball back in quickly. So I do wonder if the whole sort of ethos behind Villa this season is tempo. Because when we saw Villa last season at their best, they did play at tempo. And even in the you know, the um, the friendly, when Villa move the ball quickly and just act, play with dynamism, they do look a very good side. So I do wonder if that's something they're going to have to, you know, maybe even try and get creative at set pieces. I mean, we'll see. I'm, I'm really intrigued what they actually mean by that. In terms of the throw-ins, they, they sounds like they're going to be briefing the ball boys to uh, yeah. get that get that ball in quick. I mean, John Terry did that, didn't he? I remember very vividly in the the Watford game. Uh, the year we stayed up, I remember when I think it was Ben Foster. It would have been in goal for Watford that night. He was pissing around. Yeah. wasting time and I remember Terry collared one of the ball boys by the dugout and he got the ball boy to run around each of the whole 10 ball boys and said get it back and literally the kids were virtually running on the pitch yeah. putting the ball on the spot for what for, uh, <laughs> for Foster it was really interesting to see what I'll say about McPhee is he, he's got experience from Northern Ireland he's, he's been involved in over 70 games on the bench for Northern Ireland because he, he was with Michael O'Neill he went to the Euros the previous Euros, and now he's helping Barraclough, who's the manager at the minute, and he is continuing that job. And we don't concede, as a country, we don't concede a lot of goals from set pieces. That's probably yeah. the only way we're ever going to score as well. So do notice on the... John, John McGinn described him as the best yeah. in the business when it comes to analysis and you know, work with set plays. I'm interested, I am really interested to see how that sort of transpires over but the yeah, next yeah, going back to the Northern months. Ireland thing, I, I, I can see exactly why he's there because mm-hmm. those are the margins that Northern Ireland have got to seek their advantages uh, from yeah. because, you know, in open play, perhaps not the most talented in terms of when you're matched up against the likes of France, Italy or, or whoever. So that that's kind of interesting that... Uh, it's a good uh, background to have uh, that I, th- I suppose he, you know he's working on a lot of analytics and whatever for Northern Ireland in terms of maximizing and knowing what's the most effective uh, let's say approach in terms of different situations with set pieces yeah and he does seem to be the the year for the manager Northern Ireland to, to sort of like run things past he's very involved in the bench it's always they're always a word in his ear and things like that there to see what's going on so hopefully he'll, he'll, he'll add to the Greek course yeah Smith well Smith had said in his interview didn't he in terms of the Terry departure that they were looking to streamline the operation as well so I wonder if that's part of it in terms of we'll take the the best bits of Terry and get someone someone in for the actual specifics we need you've got Shakespeare and Smith who were you know, very good operators. I think 
they're, they're reasonably well stocked. So I, I think it's I think it's a sh- sh- potentially a very shrewd move. We'll keep an eye on that in terms of uh, the advantages we uh, we gain there. I mean, uh, it was quite funny when we were watching uh, the the last preseason game and you, we're lining up four four two, and then he got Maddie Cash with the ball under his shirt, getting ready for the long throw. You're thinking, oh no, what no, what have we turned into here? It's <laughs> back to the nineties. We're playing like Stoke now. He's got a bloody good throw though, any Matty Cash. You never really realise it before. Yeah, he's got a rocket of a throwing arm. I think uh, that on on pitch experiences now you've got Martinez uh, Mings who were like senior in terms of you know the international pedigree now and you've got your Ings and Young uh, I think you said uh, Chris that you've actually got senior players that are on the pitch and not just in the dressing room like Heaton and Taylor were yeah you need you need you need your experience and and that that sort of bit of know-how don't you know you said in the last pod with someone like Young it's, it's these guys who can get you over the line in the difficult moments or you know guys who've been there and done it like Young or even who can, you know, Young has a, a previous of popping up with moments of quality. Even, you know, to go back to what we were just talking about, things like set pieces. You know, we've yeah. got options now rather than like, oh shit, who's going to take a corner or a free kick? In that third of the season where Grealish wasn't there, you, you're kind of losing, I don't know, identity or direction or, or whatever. But I think we've now got the players who are in innings. Bailey will, is going to give you something. I think another way we improve, I think Traore will, will be better. And I and I think yeah. he, uh, you know, he's a very interesting player in, in a wild card uh, kind of way. Last season, he's not somebody you just write off. He's definitely going to be involved, and he makes things happen. So uh, I think he'll grow in, in confidence. And if he has a better season than he did have th- this season, I think that's uh, will say a lot about us going in a more improved direction than last. Yeah, and I think with the players we've got, we've got the potential to be quite good fun to watch again. You know, the, the first half of last season, we were I thought we were great to watch. We were really box office at times. And I think, you know, people like Bailey and if Traore comes to the party and all these guys, even if someone like you know, an Ghazi can continue his improvement, we've got guys who should be, you know, exciting and dynamic and, you know, fun for the crowd to watch. You know, we've obviously been away for such a long time that ultimately you want to be entertained. Yeah, but you know, as we said, it's, it's it might be a patience thing for supporters yes. because uh, yeah. they're still as a team recovering from the Grealish thing, so they're going to have to get that self confidence in them. But the good thing is we've got a solid uh, back four and keeper and uh, a deadly striker in Ings. In the meantime, while we find our feet and these other players find their position, at least we've got the basic equation to keep going forward, as in uh, we'll be you know, hard to score against, but we'll also, even if we only have a few chances, that Ings is going to uh, stick uh, one or two away. Yeah, well, he was one of the top two for, sh- for a shot conversion. Um, him and Lacazette, they were both... Uh, their non-penalty shot conversion, they scored like 21.2% and Lacazette was 21.3%. So one of them five shots as a goal. Yeah, I mean, you know, people have said uh, Ings is injury prone, which uh, obviously something you, uh, you is a concern. Uh, obviously, they've done their due diligence because you don't drop 30 million on anybody. But also in the last two seasons, compared to, let's just compare him to Grealish, he's actually played five more games than Grealish has uh, over the last two seasons. And one of those seasons, he played every game, uh, 38 games, which uh, not many players actually manage if you're not a goalkeeper. So that was a good sign when I saw he, he managed to pull that off. I think he had a, a c- couple of niggles last season, though. Right, uh, I think that's it, isn't it? In terms of, uh, I think we we need to see this our first eleven in action, and I, and I don't know how, don't know how many weeks it's going to take to uh, actually see with all these players returning to the UK in the next week or so. Just before we go, I just want to say a massive thank you to the Mile Man said patrons who keep us tracking on into. Uh, 
another season. If you join uh, to support the show as a My Man Said patron, you get access to Match Club, where I think this season coming now, fans are back in stadiums. I think we'll still be meeting up for uh, away games because the majority of us will still be around. We'll evolve something for the home games. But uh, it's a great group and it's certainly a, uh, a an escape to the madness and the pointlessness of Twitter at times or the inanity of uh, Twitter. Uh, and also, we will be uh, getting a schedule up and running for uh, the uh, My Old Man Said patron podcast channel with the extra podcasts, which we've kind of been sorting out behind the scenes. And we're going to—it's hard because you know it's, it's all time. Trying to make them regular so everybody knows uh, exactly uh, when in the month uh, they will drop. And, and it's not just football. It's not just football. So please do uh, go to myomansaid.com and uh, check out the patron link. And uh, a huge, huge thanks to uh, the uh, merry men that uh, signed up in the past week. Uh, Jim Mananen, Tony Bridgden, Carl Taylor, and also uh, a massive thanks uh, for the annual subscribers as well. If you sign up annually, you do get two months off free which equates to about 15 percent big big thanks to down under ian wiseman for supporting the show once again and andrew tease and paul sylvester so as i said my check out the patron link and uh, do support the show so we can get bigger and better in the new season meanwhile spread the word if you see uh the show link on twitter please do give it a retweet and spread it on social media etc and uh, follow the show on whatever podcast app you listen to it on so uh we're a week away well less than a week away so that just leaves me to uh, very quickly ask you gentlemen where are we finishing this season yeah i was gonna say the same i was gonna go yeah eighth or ninth so eighth um yeah um, yeah what about you i did an interview with bt sports Oh, this was your very ambitious one, wasn't it? Before all the shit went down and Grealish left, and we said, and I said fifth, just because I like to be bullish, you know, at the start of the season. So I went bullish fifth, and then all the shit went down. I thought, yeah, and I sent him an email. I said, oh, can you downgrade that to a seventh? Because I'm just thinking that early season patch of these players coming out of the colds, just signing yeah. in. The team needing to believe in itself, realizing what they're actually capable of, and uh, you know, believing that they can be. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Banging on the door at the top there. I mean, you look on paper; it's definitely there, but it needs. We need to see it in practice to uh, see how we're going. But uh, yeah, we've got to finish. Top, we've got to finish top eight for sure this season in terms of progression, or else the heat's going to be turned up on uh, both the manager and uh, and, and the project. As it the, were, there might be a little bit of disillusionments creeping in because. What has held us back? I mean, the whole Grealish thing, uh, even the team and supporters have always had it as an excuse if he's injured. Now it's not an excuse anymore, so uh, we need to change mindset. But hopefully the the team can lead, uh, certainly before Christmas, lead us uh, in in creating that mindset on the pitch with some uh, decent results, and uh, we'll kick on from there. So uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody out there, and uh, you gents for, for joining me. 
on a, another show. Uh, uh, any final words? Bring it on now. Bring it on. You know, it's been yes. a, what, quite a bizarre, eventful summer. Let's just get back down to business. And uh, we'll see you all there. In, well, not everybody. Oh, bring, bring on the Geordies in a couple of weeks at Villa Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see you at Villa Park. Back live. It'll be a great occasion, that. And uh, yeah, I think it will have the crackle of uh, that Everton game. That was a great night. That was one of my favourite mm. games at Villa Park in a long time. For a run-of-the-mill league game, that was the atmosphere was on another level. And you just thought, shit, is this how it's going to be every game for the rest of the season? You know, bring it on. But it, it never reached that level again, did it? We had little moments, didn't we? But it, it, we yeah. kind of we, we were quite inconsistent, really. And I suppose because of where we were in the league, it was proper. It was obviously a Friday night. It was sunny. It was warm. We played really well. It was, it was just a, a great occasion. Yeah. Right. On that note, look forward to it. More great occasions at Villa Park this season. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. And uh, one last word on Jack Grealish. Goodbye. Goodbye. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.